0: Hey guys, welcome to the Shamelessly Feminine podcast. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Susanna Quintana. She's a writer, speaker, abuse survivor, divine rebel, and a single mom of three sons. After escaping nearly two decades of abuse at the hands of a diagnosed narcissist, she now helps other women recover and heal after abusive relationships and leave the pain behind them for good. She's the best-selling author of the new book, You... Let me say this properly. You're still that girl, which I love that title. Get over your abusive ex for good. So Susanna, thank you so much for taking time today in these crazy times to spend with us. Uh, Welcome to the show.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. It's great to be here.
0: Awesome. So like, let's get right into it for a second. Let's talk about your uh, 20, almost 20 years of being in a relationship with a narcissist, tell us a little bit about that, and tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, about narcissism. How do we know if a partner that we're with is a narcissist?
1: Yeah. So, well, I'll just start with my own experience. Um, you know, in my, um, I've actually been in since I was twenty years old. I was in um, two abusive marriages until um, for twenty five years as a combination. So. That was really fun <laughs> mm. I spent most of my adult life in abusive relationships with men, uh, but my second husband was actually diagnosed professionally diagnosed a narcissist um, mm. at the very tail end right before I left um, and as far as you know somebody getting a diagnosis and and how that looks, I will tell you that it 's really difficult to I, I feel very fortunate that, um, that I, that I happened upon a psychologist who, um, you know, happened to be an expert on narcissistic personality disorder. But the truth of the matter is, is that unfortunately there are a lot of so-called professionals out there, including therapists and counselors who may have their master's and PhDs, but they don't know much about what it is to, um, be a victim of narcissistic abuse. So, which is which is really the reason why um I do what I do today is because you know everybody that comes to me and from my own experience of not being able to find somebody who really gets it of what it's like um because narcissistic abuse what part of what is so destructive about it, it is that it's insidious and uh, you know it's emotional abuse basically there can be physical abuse but it's the emotional abuse that does the 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 really deep damage like a cancer. Mm. Um I always compare emotional abuse to 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 a cancer because you don't even know it's there until it's until it's often too late, right? Like mm. I didn't even know I was a victim of abuse until the tail end when I found this, you know, this psychologist who basically told me that I was mm. um and told me what a, you know, that that diagnosed him as a narcissist and up until that point, I didn't know anything about narcissism. I had heard the word narcissist, but I just thought that was somebody who, you know, looked in the mirror a lot or took a lot of selfies. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so my experience was, um, you know, going through the over 16 years with who, who I had no idea was a narcissist and having no idea that I'm in, um, an abusive relationship. Um, you know, that was, that's why it is so destructive is because a victim feels like they're the problem. So Mm -hmm. I felt I was the crazy one. I was the one at fault. You know, I was the one, especially toward the end that was, um, I couldn't, I couldn't even recognize the woman in the mirror anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I had just disappeared because I was in the game and I didn't even know I was playing. So I didn't have any armor for it and I wasn't prepared for it. Um, so, um, yeah, so, so it, unfortunately I wish, I wish that we had more better information out there and I wish that professionals, cause that's who we go to, right? Like we were suffering. So we think, oh, I'll go to a therapist or I'll, I'll go to a marriage therapist. Right. And in so many cases, when it comes to narcissists, um, it's the worst thing you could do, mm-hmm. especially with a narcissist. Like I went, we went to two different therapists before I found this psychologist. And, um, and they both just re-traumatized me all over again. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I felt re-victimized all over solely for the fact because they, they didn't know anything about what it was to be, um, a target of a, of a narcissist and narcissists are notorious for knowing how to, um, play therapists. Right. I mean, they're really, really good at, especially in court situations. So Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm
0: not, does that answer your question? (laughs) I don't remember (laughs) what my question was, but I love it. There are two questions. So everything you said was great. So tell me what a little bit of, if you don't mind sharing a little bit of what narcissist abuse looks like, because you were saying that you didn't recognize it. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is and how somebody might recognize it?
1: Yeah. So the, the. The foundation of narcissistic abuse is that you have somebody, you have a narcissist, right? And and I, I just want to preface with that word is thrown around a lot, right? Like we're narcissist. calling everybody narcissistic. Yeah. But um but I don't let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Like I don't it's it's really important to understand that there are true narcissists out there and there's more than people realize right um and it's not just in our marriages and partnerships it's in our workplace and in our family and so forth so um so it's it's very real and to be a victim of a narcissist is is a very real thing um so so when i speak of narcissists that's who i'm talking about i'm not talking about the guy who right who has taken too many selfies or whatever um but, um, but, but that's the, that's why it's so, um, destructive and damaging and so difficult to recover from is because a, you don't even realize what's happening to you as it's happening. So I know this is a much used analogy, but it's the best analogy out there or comparison is if, you know, the frog in a pot of cool water.
2: Mm-hmm. And if
1: you the frog is totally happy, right? Cause frogs like cool water. And, but you turn the heat to boil, it takes some time. And by the time the frog is, you know, it's too late, right? Mm-hmm. Like but before they even realize what's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what emotional abuse, what narcissistic abuse is. It's, it's a narcissist uses all sorts of tactics to, to, an, to keep their target or victim, whatever words you want to use in a place where they, um, uh, accept the abuse, they normalize it, right? That's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so what that looks like is, is they use tactics such as gaslighting, for example, which means that they're making you, they're, they're making you doubt your sense of reality, mm-hmm. right? By saying, I don't know what you're talking about. I never said that. Or, you know, um, this is why so many victims feel crazy by the end, like I did, you mm-hmm. know, and why we lose ourselves in these relationships because, you know, I started out going into this where I knew who, well, I thought I knew who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, I was strong. I was smart. I was compassionate. I was, you know, I had all these good qualities about me. And then by the end, I would look in the mirror if I even dared because I didn't like looking in the mirror. And I was just um, a shell of the woman I used to be as, as being just a woman, being a mother, right? I wasn't even the mother that I used to be and i didn't know why i had no answers as to why because you know in our um in our culture in our world basically um if you don't have you know black eyes and bruises to show for your pain then uh, you know is it really that bad or is mm. it just kind of like a he said she said is it just marital problems that mm-hmm. you know um so so that's the difficulty is that Again, you're in a you're 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 in a game that you don't know you're playing mm-hmm. and you trust this person and you love this person. You know, if this was just if this was a stranger that came and was doing these things to you, you'd have a little more um clarity. Like you'd mm-hmm. be like, That's bullshit, right? Like, no, I don't even right. But when it's somebody that you, you are have fallen in love with, you've built a life with, maybe had children with, that you that you deeply love and trust and respect and all of these things, and then all of a sudden things start changing, um, they start changing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um it's 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 more likely than not that that like I did, I took it as a as a default of mine, right? Like something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why he was changing, but somehow he made me feel like I was the problem. I was mm-hmm. the too emotional one, too sensitive, too crazy, too mm-hmm. this, too that. Um, and 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 that's what narcissists are masters of is that, you know, there's there's this stereotype of abuse victims that I'm just gonna blast out of the water right now is that somehow we're weak and pathetic and doormats right mm-hmm. and that is such bullshit mm-hmm. because what narcissists do it's not like they do this abusers don't come up on the first date and hit you right abusers don't come up on the first date and you know tell you everything that's wrong with you usually and then, it's the opposite you know, right you know,
0: usually it's
1: right, the opposite
0: right. so there's like a love bombing yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. So, so, you know, because if they did it on the first day, we wouldn't give them a second date. So right. that's why nurses are so good at what they do because they purposely come in with the love bombing and um, sweep you off your feet and, you know, cross off, you know, check off every box that you've ever wanted in a partner. Um, they're basically mirroring um, everything you want so that you will let them into your heart and your soul right Mm -hmm. and and into your life and then once they're there that mask starts slipping and again this is back to the frog in the in the pot of cool water right is that over time um they become the mask starts slipping that they wore in the beginning and they become more and more of you see the real person Mm -hmm. right so um it's absolutely dr jekyll i mean Yes. Dr. Chuckland, Mr. Hyde. Absolutely. That's who, that's who you live with. Mm. So in my case, for example, when I first met him, um, he was, you know, 95% great guy. There were, there were red flags and that was in the 5%, but I ignored those. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I was like, oh my God, I hit the lottery. I found them out of my dream. So I'm not going to pay attention to all the 20 red flags that are popping up right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so in the beginning he was, you know, 95% awesome. And there was just that 5% that was questionable. Like I saw his little anger and rage sort of thingy, but it was, it was very, it was rare in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then over the years that, that just sort of switched till, till by the end, like the last year of my marriage, I would say he was probably 90% awful and cruel and mean and Mm. doing all things that you know just just your worst nightmare Mm. and then you know probably 10 percent and of that guy I remembered and the only reason he was that guy is because he would pop back up once in a while if like I threatened to leave or Mm. whatever Mm -hmm. so basically it's a shit show that you don't even know you're watching you don't Mm. even know you're, you're the leading role
0: in right so my question for you is are narcissists always aware of their behavior? I mean, are there some narcissists that don't even realize that what they're doing is emotional abuse? They don't mean to be doing it, but it's happening.
1: Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, And this is a question that we, who have been with narcissists and the reason why women stay with abusers, this is the exact question because we tell ourselves they must not know what they're doing, right? Because, or, or they had a bad childhood or they don't, they're really sorry. They don't mean to do it, right? So I'll just clear this up for the people in the back. Narcissists know exactly what they're doing. They do it on purpose. They do it with intent. That's the reason why, you know, in comparison, because I'll compare it to what a healthy relationship looks like. So that's the reason why a narcissist will constantly, even if they apologize, right? Like I got tons of apologies Mm. over time, Um, empty apologies that didn't go anywhere because he would continue the same exact behavior that hurt me, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But I stayed because of those questions of like, there's no way he could know that he's hurting me like this. There's no way somebody would be so awful. There's no way somebody would hurt me on purpose, Mm right? Right. This is why women stay with abusers. Uh, one of the one of the big reasons is because, again, we've been suckered into thinking they're this one person, and then by the time that we, you know, their mask starts falling off, we're like, "Wait a second! Now I'm confused. Who's this guy? Like, I don't, I don't even know who this guy is." So we start making excuses for them, right? Um, if you were to compare that to a healthy relationship, where Everybody makes mistakes in relationships. I made plenty of them, right? Um, but if you are not a narcissist and you are a good person, you do not deliberately try to hurt the person you love. You do not deliberately try to hurt your children, right? And if you do, if if you do, which we all do um, without meaning to, we apologize. We accept responsibility. And we move on with that knowledge that, okay, check a mental note. I know that this really hurt. I'm not going to do that again. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So narcissists don't give a shit about your feelings. They have no remorse. It's just, it's just all a game. So when they're, even when, um, because I have, you know, the women come to me all the time with, well, it wasn't all bad, right? Like he was nice on these occasions or whatever and he was great the fact is, is that yes, of course, because if they were all awful, you wouldn't be with them at all. You know, narcissists are, are, are great at, you know, sucking you back in and knowing exactly how to get you back in once they have pushed you, you know, so far where like, like in my case, you know, I, I was pushed so far that I'd be like, okay, I'm leaving or I threatened divorce or, and that's right when, you know, they throw the fishing line out and you know reel you back in um as far as narcissists knowing that they're narcissists they will narcissists don't have Mm self-reflection so um so if if and and anyone who has been a in in a relationship with a narcissist this is a common question we all ask ourselves i asked myself once i started learning what a narcissist was i was like wait a second maybe i'm the narcissist maybe i'm the problem right? Maybe I'm the, all these things that I was, you know, thinking about him. So narcissists never self-reflect, right? They will never look at the situation and go, oh my God, I'm really hurting you. So I'm going to go get help, right? Narcissists don't go get help. You have to force them into
0: therapy. Yeah. Um, so if you're um, asking yourself, yeah. if you're a narcissist, you're not a narcissist.
1: You're not a narcissist. <laughs> That's the good news. I like right? it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have a really funny story as far as, um, again, I feel so lucky that my my ex was diagnosed, but this is classic narcissist, what a narcissist does, right? Because they're so, they ha- not only do they lack empathy, right? And they have no remorse for what they do. That's why, let's say after a breakup, you you can t- tell clearly who a victim is and who a narcissist is because... The narcissist will move on like that, right? Like new supply, new person, stick them in, put it all over Facebook. Look how happy I am. While the victim is like a year later, even a couple years later, like, oh my God, I'm just, right. I'm still trying to pick myself up off the floor. Um, So narcissists, yeah. So they have no remorse and they, um, and they lack that self-reflection because they don't want to, they don't want to change, right? This is, this is just who they are. So my ex with this, um, we, we, uh, after having gone through again, I forced him, you know, into, I sort of blackmailed him into therapy because I was going to leave him because I had discovered his double life, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, which Jerry Springer should call me because, oh my God, do I have a story? (laughs) Um, but anyway, I discovered his double life, which included his exploiting and grooming young, uh, Russian immigrant girls. Mm. Um, and so I, you know, I had gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm done. I have to be done. I think, right. Like I was thinking, okay, I think that's a line that's crossed that I, okay. Um, but then I blackmailed him into going into marriage, um, counseling. The first two were nightmares. I, you know, I felt like, okay, this is, this is how it is. Um, by the time we found this I found the psychologist, um, and again, I had no, no knowledge of what narcissism anything. I just thought that we were going to go into the psychologist's office, and he was going to tell us the same thing that the that the other two therapists said. It's just you know you need to work harder, like talking to me, you know um, I needed to try more, I needed to be more affectionate, all this stuff. It's like i i I, I needed to do more, whatever. Um, and the psychologist, he saw us only together on that, on that first meeting. And after speaking with us, mainly listening, I just let my ex do all the talking. And I was like, okay, this is, this is my life. It's as good as it's going to get. I'm just going to resign myself. This psychologist is going to tell me just the same shit that I've been hearing, right? That it's all me. Mm -hmm. Um, So we left that day and the psychologist called us and said, "I, I will accept you. clients to see you, but I won't see you together.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And after that on my, uh, my ex went in first and then I went in on a different day. And the first thing he told me, the very first thing was just basically for 40 minutes told me about that. He was a narcissist. He doesn't see me as a human being. He's never going to change yada, yada, yada. Right. Um, so months later after I had, um, left um, the marriage and moved back to my home state of Arizona. Um, and my ex obviously did not, um, you know, was not continuing counseling, um, without me. Um, so about, I don't even know if it was like six, eight, 10 months later, something like that. But I started counseling over the phone with this psychologist again, because my ex, was um, stalking me on a million different levels and having me followed and whatever. Narcissists are notorious stalkers. Um, And then the psychologist, it was then that he told me that my ex had, however many months afterward that was, had made an appointment to go see him. Mm. And I thought, oh, wow, maybe he's going to get help or something. You know, maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he's changing, right? I was still in that Pollyanna sort of um, place, headspace. Um, so anyway, the psychologist was explaining to me what had happened is that my ex made the appointment. He showed up that day, came into the office, and the only thing he did was sit down and threaten the psychologist to take away his narcissist diagnosis because he was wrong. He was not a narcissist. Mm -hmm. So the psychologist is like, when he's telling, relating the story to me, he's kind of giggling because he's like, what makes a narcissist more a narcissist, right. and telling me he's not a narcissist, <laughs> like threatening the psychologist to take away the diagnosis.
0: Right, right.
1: So yeah, if that, that gives you insight on how narcissists think about themselves.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely eye opening. Uh, is there something that you have found that um, narcissists might say, or something that that he had said to you? that you can use as an example of what emotional abuse might look like um, in a scenario. Because I I think from the outside point of view, there's a lot of people that say, well, how did you not recognize it? I don't understand. That just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I understand what you're saying in which if you were punched in the face, you had a bruise, it would be much more obvious, but even then people don't leave. So this this is so much harder. So can you give us an example, if it's okay with you to share? Uh, of, of, it doesn't have to be specific words, but maybe a a gesture or something that would come up continuously that now you recognize is, you know what, that's abusive and I shouldn't have to put up with that.
1: Right. So, Okay, so there's two parts to that. The first part are the um, red flags in the beginning of a relationship that, that show signs of abuse, mm-hmm. potential, potential abuse, right? One of them with um, a classic red flag for narcissists is that when you meet them, they try to hurry up the relationship. They, they, they try to fast track mm-hmm. the relationship. They want you to fall in love with them right away, mm-hmm. right? So you'll hear stories, like in my own case, we hadn't even gone out on a date like i hadn't you know it hadn't even been a month or whatever and he told me that he could see his unborn children in my eyes mm-hmm. right um the at the time because i didn't know any better at the time i was like oh my god right. i found it? love of my life i'm like the luckiest woman in the world but those um yeah those alarm bells did not go off that's a huge red flag because love does not move that fast and the reason narcissists have to move it so fast is because their mask is going to fall off really quickly right right um as far as over time there are um there are tactics that a narcissist uses to uh to, to the, that 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 what is emotional abuse one of those like i that is the gaslighting right is that making you doubt your own um, mental capacity right for just like making you doubt your memory your capabilities um how what conversation
0: my favorite example when people um when gaslighting comes up and people say i don't understand it it's like pretend like you stepped on someone's foot like you went over and stepped on someone's foot and that person said oh you stepped on my foot and you say well you shouldn't have put it there yeah Right? Because that's, yeah. that's really what, like a, um, because I think people have a hard time understanding what gaslighting really is unless yeah. you're in a situation like that. And that's one of the examples I had heard. And I love to use that example. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, and, and I think that even uh, the best example is from the movie where the term comes. It's like 1940 ish movie called Gaslight. And what the man was doing is he was trying to make his wife go crazy. And so he would deliberately make the gas lights because that's, you know, for electricity. He would deliberately make the gas lights in the home flicker when she was alone by herself. And so she started you know, thinking that she was going crazy and she would go to him and say, Oh my God, the the lights are flickering. Something's, you know, going on, whatever. Anyway. So she went crazy.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: but, um, but, but yeah, just this sense of that they're taking away your sense of reality and what is up and down and right and wrong and left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that they, narcissists are pathological liars. Mm-hmm. So um, and that is abuse in itself when it comes to, if, if, if you're building a life with somebody, right, and you never know what they're lying about, and they're pathological liars to the, um, to the degree that they're doing it to be self-serving, mm-hmm. um, this plays into, they also start what's called a smear campaign. And this plays into basically that a narcissist always wants to set themselves up to be the victim in all things. Mm-hmm. So even though I'll give you an example, um, to, to, to sort of break that, um, down because the reason that they do smear campaigns, even while you're still together, like it makes you understand it more after a divorce, when somebody's talking shit about you, right. Or your ex is like lying about you but narcissists do it deliberately and intentionally building up they're writing a story a narrative about you to everybody else mm-hmm. so that by the time you either leave them or whatever by the time that maybe you come out and start telling your story or telling the truth of what happened they've already got half your audience convinced that you're a liar or whatever else because they've right. been talking these things about you yeah. so i'll give you an example as far as um You know, he, I would have people all the time, especially when our kids were small, we have three boys, um, come up to me, friends, acquaintances, whatever. We knew a lot of people in the small town we lived in. Just lots of people would come up, um, and say to me, oh my God, your husband loves you so much. And all he talks about is what a great mother you are. He just goes, oh my God. And they're, they're obviously they're adoring my, you know, him. Um, For being such a great dad and great husband and all of this. And I remember being so confused all the time because I'm like, "Uh, what? (laughs) He said I was a great mom? Like, he just yesterday was telling me that I couldn't crack it as a mom. Like, telling me everything that was wrong with me as a mom, right? So this is brilliant on the part of a narcissist because, because he's endearing everybody else to him, right? And he's spinning that story and creating that narrative about you that you don't even know is being created. Right. So this, so, so, so this whole, um, this whole smear campaign is going on and all these people are starting to think a certain way about you. Right. Obviously in that case, they were thinking, wow, I'm so lucky to have such a great husband and, and great father to my kids. And I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, no, that's not what's happening behind closed doors. Um other thing that is um you know considered one of the most dangerous forms of emotional abuse is called ambient abuse, and what that is kind of a combination of all these tactics a narcissist uses to to create an atmosphere where a victim it normalizes what's happening and starts to alter their sense of w- even their, even their own morals and what's right and wrong in their head, right. To adjust to what's happening to them. Um, you know, with, with, um, with all the little things over the years that he would, let's say, say to me or, and there, there was no verbal abuse, which is, you know, there was no like calling me names or it was, for me it was way worse i used to wish that he would hit me actually because the way he would talk to me i couldn't go to anybody and say he he's just being awful but i don't know or i don't know what's going on but something is not okay right i couldn't go to anybody because i would sound like i was crazy i couldn't explain it
2: right
1: yeah
0: so how did you end up getting to the point where you're ready to leave the marriage.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that was a process because um, as it always is when, you know, with abusive relationships, the fact is, is that women go back to their abuser an average of seven times. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because, uh, you know, it's a, it's a combination of things. First of all, is that when we first come out of it, we don't even, we've lost ourselves. We're, we're just, we live in a fog we don't know what's up from down we um we think we're the crazy ones we're the ones with the ptsd and the anxiety and the physical health problems and all of that um that so so trying to deal with that and navigate that and then just you know having that heartbreak right because losing somebody or having somebody you know, like in my case where I found out that there's this whole double life and I had my life, my entire life was stolen from me, right? Without my consent.
2: Mm. So
1: that was heartbreaking. That's why I went back once. Um, so lower than the average, but still I went back because, um, because that loneliness and that heartbreak is so overwhelming. And then you don't know, you know, you don't know where you are, who you are, what you're doing, what the future looks like. You've just been beaten out of all hope. Um, you're emotionally depleted and drained. Um, so so it makes sense that you're just like, Well, I just go back, I guess, because right. Um, and then, then when I left to the when I did go back, so this is a warning to anybody considering going back is that when it's with a narcissist, it gets 10 times worse, right? Because as soon as they know they've got you hooked and they can get you back, then they, then they turn even worse.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so it does get worse. So I think I lasted like another seven months, um, before I left, but it wasn't a big, um, you know there's this scene in this old movie called Waiting to Exhale with with Angela Bassett there's this fantastic scene where she is like she's totally screwed over by her husband who you know dumps her for a younger for his younger secretary and everything and just i mean really just screws her over so there's this fantastic scene where she's like she's so pissed Cause at first she's heartbroken and all of that. Right. And then she just gets, she's so pissed off that this happened that he just stole her life from her. Right. Like they had kids and everything. So she puts all his shit for sale in a garage sale. Everything's a buck like his, his, his skis, his golf equipment, everything's a dollar. And then everything that is left that she couldn't sell, she piles it in his BMW pours gas all over it, lights a cigarette and flicks the match in. Right. So the whole thing goes up in flames. So I'm like, Oh, I wish I had that story. I don't have that story.
0: I don't think, um, do. I don't think I know. It's, I know. I think it's I not that black and white, right.
1: It's just not, it's not, it's not. I, I wish, like, I wish that I could have, I know the moment too, that I I should have you know, like right after I found out about his double life. Um, I, I should have used that moment right then, just like boom, shut that door. You know what I mean? But um but we, we can't in those because we're so we're so devastated and heartbroken. We have no strength. We can't think clearly, right? So so leaving is that's why it's a it's a it's a process to to to, you know, um gradually make your way out of the darkness and into the light. Right. But it, it takes time.
0: So I'm curious, like in, in this day and age where we're home, we're on stay at home orders or whatnot. Um, at least here in New York we are, um, what advice do you have for people that are home? Maybe listening to this and going, Oh shoot, I live with a narcissist, or this is something I need to explore. And, and it's just not so simple right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, actually, I will tell you that I have, um, for the past, uh, uh, really for all of April, I have been getting just bombarded with calls from women, from messages from women who have, you know, I think this quarantining has really, when we can't go distract ourselves, right, of, of, of what our life really looks like, Um you know i i every woman that's contacted me is just like i see it i see it and you know what this is the time because when i get out of this when we when we get out of this freaking quarantine and you know one thing i will say is that this pandemic right now we've never seen this before this has never happened in our history so we can't go back and there there are no lessons to learn for now because it's all brand new mm. but now we know especially women cuz we're so damn smart and intuitive now we know that this is going to happen again sometime in the future. We don't know when, we don't know what degree, but something kind of like this and we know life's never going to be the same after this. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of women are, you know, have that time now where they're like, yeah, now I see it. It's there in plain as day. Obviously physical abuse, they nobody we already know that, right? Like Women already know that, um, but when it comes to narcissists and just being, just being in a in an unhealthy relationship that makes you heartbroken, that strips your spirit, that breaks your soul apart, that that steals your life away from you, right? When you have somebody who's trying to make you disappear, mm-hmm. um, so that they can, you know, be bigger, right? When they want you to be small and and not take any attention away, so they can take it all. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have time for that anymore. Right. Like this, that's what this quarantine is teaching us. But I think especially women and that's why so many are coming out where they're like, Oh yeah, I'm done. Right. Like, okay. I get it. I get it. Like this quarantining, I get it. When I get out of this, um, I I've got to make some moves because I'm not going to be ever stuck here in this place again.
0: So let me ask you where people can find you and your book so they can start working on that.
1: and <laughs> They can learn. Yeah. So you can find me Susanna Quintana on um, Facebook, of course, on my website susannakintana.com. Um, go to my website; you can get a free copy of my ebook. It is also out on audiobook on um, Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and that link is also on my website. Um, if you go to my website, you can also read, um, you know, everything that I've published about this topic. Like I write extensively, constantly about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main reason I do that is just to tell every, you know, tell people out there that you're not alone, like you're not crazy and you know, you, you're, you're not alone in this. There are people who understand what you're going through. Um, my book doesn't come out in print until, I don't know, now it's delayed, I think till like June. Cause there's still like bookstore mm-hmm. signings going on. Um, but yeah, go to my website, um, or find me on Facebook. Um, or you can send me an email at support at Susanna and reach
0: out directly to me there, but I'm all over the place. So I'm here. And we'll have all the links in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, for telling your story and being so brave to speak out and help other women. You're really amazing. Well, thanks
1: for having me. I am just here to pay it forward. You know, this path sort of found me after I went through that um, healing and journey, you know, healing and recovery journey, it was so freaking hard. And I went through it all by myself. So once I got out of it, and I made my way to the light and living a life of emotional freedom, you know, it was just my calling to just, you know, um, throw that life preserver for those who are still drowning in that darkness.
0: Yeah. Well, you're amazing. Thank you for doing that. And you guys, if you know anybody that can use this podcast, please forward it to them. Um, you know, we're all here just really to help women raise them up and get them out of these terrible situations. So thank you again, Susanna.
1: Thank you for having me.